Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to Nordica Cast number one, and we are talking with Nordica product manager and field services director Ethan Corpy. Now, Ethan, you're out in New Hampshire. What's the weather like out there? You know, it's actually been pretty up and down winter, but you know, I would say it's it's been it's been pretty good. We've had snow on the ground since I think the first week of December all the way through. And actually last night we got a little surprise snowstorm that we ended up with about four or five inches in my driveway this morning, which was a nice surprise because it was supposed to switch over to rain and it never really did. So um that's kind of been the, the wacky weather that we've had so far in New England this year. Uh, so it's been it's been both really great ski conditions, uh, really cold sometimes, but also, you know, uh, poor conditions, you know, also sometimes too. Very classic New England, up and down. Sounds classic Boulder today because it's raining here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ethan, really wanted to chat with you today about Nordica skis. Uh, My early memories of Nordica are boots, great made boots. I really like the boots. But skis, what was it that made the shift in the company to want to to actually focus on producing skis, designing skis? You know, it's a, that's a great question. You know, I think it's, um, you know, we, we can kind of turn back. I think it's around 15 or 16 years at this point to when Nordica first started building skis. We were at the time owned by the Benetton family. And it was the Benetton Sports Systems. I don't know if some of you guys remember that name out there in the industry at the time. And really what they wanted to do was bring everything under one umbrella. They owned Kessley Ski at the time, um, but obviously Nordica being a, a much stronger brand name in international skiing, they wanted to you know, suck the Kessley name under that umbrella as well. Um, so we had um, ownership of Kessley, um, and we transitioned um, from Kessley over to Nordica, in the late 1990s, I think it was 1999 or 2000, I can't remember exactly. And, um, you know, and, and, and we launched the Nordica ski brand. So that was, the, that was the beginning of it, and we've been running ever since. So in a relatively short amount of time, though, you've become very known for skis. I'm thinking of the Enforcer, which has been Ski of the Year for three years in a row. Yeah, you know, that's, um, you know, I think that just speaks volumes to our development process and how we view products and, and how we're kind of obsessed with always trying to make things better. You know, we don't 
always just let things be, so to speak. And, you know, it's, it's a part of the daily conversation that we have um, here, obviously in the U.S., but also internationally as well. And uh, in the way we have our product development cycle and feedback loops set up, it's, um, it's a very open process. And again, we're all extremely passionate about it. So I think, you know, really our, our, our setup is, as a company, really allows us to come up with some really, really great products. So, Ethan, I'm thinking of one of your titles at work, Field Services Director, and it's making me wonder about ski development. Where do you get ideas for, we need to make a ski that can do this? Uh, I think that always used to come really from the race world, and but now, where does that come from? You know, interestingly enough, it, it comes from being skiers. You know, we spent a lot of time on our skis, and... You know, we have a lot of skis, obviously, in the marketplace, but, you know, it's this this constantly, you know, uh, evolving thing that we're trying to do is produce skis that ski better in the conditions that they're designed for. So, obviously, with the kind of exploding of, you know, flat, you know, wider rocker skis, that opened up a lot of cool areas to develop in. And, you know, we, we always take the starting point of, okay, what are we trying to do? And then we test what we have. We also test the competition, um, see what they have, and 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 really try to 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 build a ski that'll you know be best in that space. For example, so for building a powder ski, you know, we'll obviously we'll we'll test and develop in that area versus a you know more of an all mountain ski or you know a racing ski, which is um, oftentimes a lot easier because we we have a lot of experience in that that field and we also have the the ability to draw upon our world cup athletes that we use in in those products so you know it it really depends on you know what the category is but usually we go into a project understanding what we want that ski to be and and who that end target user is you know and this is just making me think when you're talking about testing product and i remember in the late 80s getting a ski and just thinking oh my gosh this is amazing and then, you know, a few years later, you're just like, I can't believe I liked that <laughs> because this new one is so much better. And it's how are we able to keep pushing the boundaries of, of what's the best? You know, I think it, I think it comes down to new materials. You know, it's not just uh, the, the shape of the ski. You know, we, we're, we're using, you know, since the 80s or the 90s or, you know, even the early 2000s. We're constantly evolving the materials that we use in the skis, the glue we use in the skis, you know, the machinery, um, which is very expensive. So that's kind of a, a slower evolution in terms of, you know, the milling that we're able to do, the pressing that we're able to, to incorporate and in, in binding the ski together. So, you know, as, you know, each of those, those different elements improve, um, that's where I think you get this this kind of slow bake improvement where, you know, you can jump on a great ski, you know, that was 10 years ago and you'd be like, God, I don't know how they can make it any better. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, five, eight years, and you're like, oh my God, this thing, this thing is a dinosaur. You know, quite a bit is, um, quite a bit changes. And I also think, you know, skiers evolve and change a lot of times too. You know, what was, what was perceived what people want to do on snow, maybe even a little bit more 10 or 15 years ago is not necessarily what they're doing now. So, you know, skiers also change and evolve as well. So I think with, with all those things, um, that's, that's how we end up, 
you know, where, where we are. Um, but I would say the technological advancements in, in manufacturing and materials and understanding of, of ski design, ski shape has, has really fueled a lot of that, that movement in the last 10 years. It's interesting to be talking with you today. I was actually talking with a student a couple of days ago about different skis and, and he was saying, you know, I'm not at a level where I could really tell the difference. And that's actually not true anymore because the skier got on some different skis and noticed a difference right away where you don't have to be a high performance skier or an expert skier to really feel the difference in the skis. They really are helping people that are newer to the sport have a better time. Absolutely. And that's something that we, we've spent a lot of time focusing on. You know, it's, there's a, there's a direct correlation between how proficient you are at something and how good the tool is that you have to do it, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's been one of our, you know, key talking points that we've been um, incorporating in our development cycle in the last three or four years and really thinking about those people, as you mentioned, that, that they think they're not proficient enough to really benefit from a, from a great tool or from a great ski, um, which is actually uh, the inverse. You know, it's, you, you, can, you can benefit a new skier, a novice skier um, with a piece of equipment that is going to allow them to progress a lot easier than you can with a, with a really great skier. You know, oftentimes they'll go out and you'll ski, you know, with these incredible skiers who are, who are doing this their entire life. And it's like, wow, they are just ripping it up. And they could probably rip it up on a lot of different skis because they're, they're so balanced and they're such a strong skier. Um, but when you, you know, when you're just starting out in the sport, you really do need those products that do make it easier, easier to balance, easier to flex the ski, easier to control, easier to skid. Um, you know, it, it, it makes it a lot more fun and a lot easier to learn how to do. And what's Nordica's direction now? Is that anything you can talk about, uh, about what the next few years are going to have in store for us? Yeah, you know, I think on the, specifically on the ski side of things, I think, you know, we're, it's going to be a further refinement of where we're at right now. You know, if you look at Nordica's ski brand as a whole or the Nordica brand as a whole, we're, we're an all-mountain family company for sure. And when I mean all, all mountain, you know, there's obviously different satellite collections like, you know, your powder car categories, your hardcore racing category. You know, there's, there's definitely little satellites within there. But, you know, that's, that's really our, you know, our brand, our brand platform is to serve that, that all mountain family aspect of the sport and kind of coming together as a group of skiers. And, you know, where we're developing into the future, it's, it's, it's definitely in that line because it kind of encompasses a lot of the, the skiers that are out on the hill. But I think from a structural or shape standpoint, I think it's going to be a, a, a refinement on materials and shapes um, that have been proven successful over the last three or four years. So, Ethan, in closing, I, I have to ask, and I, I know you can't reveal if there is an answer yet, but is there a new wonder material that's just going to take this by storm? You know, as of right now, uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really tough question, but that, that has not stopped our quest to, to constantly look for a new material that will be the wonder material. So I think actually on the boot side of things, we're, you know, that, that would be 
where that wonder material is going to come with that, that process, I would say, is, is going to happen before ski is. There's something special about wood and the combination of, uh, of wood, wood and metal that's, that's really special and unique. So I think, you know, if, if something's going to, going to evolve in skis, it would have to be replacing those, those two really, really important aspects of the ski design and construction that I don't see right now, um, that, that coming in the near future. But I think the process potentially on the boot side of things is, is where we could see a lot of rapid future development taking place. Well, Ethan, I thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, thank you, George. Appreciate the time. Nordica Cast number one from the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.